Howdy doody boys and girls, it's your boy, Ruby Rube, back here with my buddy DJ Khaled, hit him with another one. That's right, the party is going to keep going. It's essentially a Lionel Richie song over here, because the party is just not going to stop. So, today, some more knowledge, some more wisdom, some more shenanigans, brought to you by Coffee. All right, coffee. Hey, thank you for infusing me with all types of goodness and caffeine to help focus my attention, to help me babble along today's journey. Oh, yes, because I'm I'm taking you on a journey. So strap on your boots, get those Nutrigain bars out, and get ready to travel with me physically and literally. You're literally going to go on a journey with me today. And where am I going to take you? Oh, I'm taking you to Hollywood. That's right, where we're going to be talking about this movie which unexpectedly inspired me. That is what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about how inspiration is everywhere. Everywhere, if you look for it. Kind of like if you're shopping around for a, let's say... I don't know, a, uh, a certain truck, a Ford F-150. Next thing you know, you're going to be seeing Ford F-150s everywhere. If you're trying to have a baby, you're going to start seeing pregnant women everywhere. If you start looking for... Oh, what a, if you start looking for rose bushes, you're going to start seeing rose, rose bushes everywhere. The universe is going to manifest to you whatever it is you are looking for. That's why there's an old adage, look on the bright side. Because if we look on the bright side of things in every situation and circumstance, we're going to see the bright side of things. Now, you have on your hiking boots. You have that Nutrigrain bar packed in your fanny pack. And we're going to head out to Hollywood where this movie that unexpectedly inspired me to talk about in today's episode. So what movie is that? Hey, glad you asked. Well, first let me tell you how this movie came on my radar. It's not like I just watched this movie on my own because, quite frankly, it's not my demographic. But because I have children and because we have to watch children-friendly, appropriate material, sometimes I get stuck watching more Blue's Clues and more... Adora the Explorer, but this movie, I think it was on the Disney app, and I'm happy that I was forced to watch it. Now, this movie is called Aquila and the Bee, starring Lawrence Fishburne and an adorable little girl named Kiki Palmer, and she is the, the cute little smart girl who plays Aquila. Now, I know Lawrence Fishburne. I am familiar with his work. He is a really a really charismatic in his own way uh, type of actor. He plays Neo's mentor in The Matrix. And he's the one who offers Neo the red pill or the blue pill. And we all know what happens after that. But we're not talking about The Matrix. We're talking about Aquila and the Bee. That movie came out in 2006 and... I just barely saw it a few months ago, and that movie 
stuck with me. Now here's why. There's a particular part in the movie where Akila, the troubled young child who turns out to be a, or she was a, a brilliant, her character was a brilliant young lady, but she was stuck amongst a bunch of inner city kids who had no interest in school, they had no interest in learning, uh, they all had chaotic environments, you know, just a stereotypical inner city inner city school. But Akila, she liked to learn. She was smart. She was interested in things. She had a father who was, uh, he had a rich vocabulary. He was into words and their meanings. And one way that Akila was able to stay connected with their father, even though I think he had passed away, was she loved to read. She loved to read. She loved to um, enrich her vocabulary. She was great at spelling. And because of that, she had a rich vocabulary. But because of the, the people who she was surrounded with, they were much dumber than she was. Or, you know, dumber is a harsh word. There might be some snowflakes out there who I may have offended by insulting the intelligence of these kids. But, yeah, they were, they were pretty dumb. They were some dumb kids. So, Akila, she was, she was very smart. Now, the quote that Lawrence Fishburne's character made her read because he ended up... I'm not going to get into the whole plot of the movie. We're going to get to that quote that Lawrence Fishburne made her read when she was in his office because he was mentoring her and teaching her how to become a better speller because the plot of the movie... I guess I'll have to get into it. The plot of the movie was this. Akila, she was a inner city school child and she showed great potential in spelling and Lawrence Fishburne's character saw that in her and volunteered his time his effort his expertise in taking her under his wing in order to help her elevate her spelling because he saw potential in her now Akila she was having a internal conflict because she wanted to fit in with her friends her friends used slang, they used ebonics, and they did not have much of a vocabulary. Once again, speaking and talking as inner school, inner city school children speak. A lot of slang. A lot of slang was, um, she was exposed to kids speaking a lot of slang. And in the presence of Lawrence Fishburne's character, which that man, he was a intellectual he was really smart I think he had, he was a doctor of some sort and he instructed Akila hey when you are in my presence you will not speak like them you will use the Queen's English you will speak eloquently and you will speak to the highest of your intelligence in which it will allow you and so she rose to that um, to that level and Rather than him going down to her level, which he could have, he forced her to rise to his level. Now, because Akila, she wanted to fit in. She wanted to fit in with a bunch of kids who didn't care about school. She wanted to fit in with kids who were 
neglectful of their academic duties. So she started to stifle her progress. She started to not do her schoolwork despite knowing all the answers, despite knowing right from wrong. She wanted to fit in. And the last thing that people want to feel is ostracize. Whether you're a a middle school female trying to fit in with your friends or whether you are a grown man trying to fit in with the people who you want to fit in fit in with to stick out and stand out and be ostracized amongst your peers because they consider you weird different and going against the status quo that will create feelings of inadequacy even though you are not inadequate you are just amongst people who are who have a different pers- uh, perspective than you and hey yours is not better or worse than theirs you just have more gifts that need to be actualized and realized and you have you have these talents so Lawrence Fishburne's character saw Akila was struggling with that and there was a framed quote that he had on his wall and the quote was by Nelson Mandela even though in fact this isn't a Nelson Mandela quote but I did some research on the quote and it turns out that hey yeah universally people think that this quote came from Nelson Mandela it would be so much better if it did come from Nelson Mandela and not this this woman well not not because it, it's it's a woman but the, the 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 person who created this magnificent quote she is this obscure white lady Marianne Williamson who nobody knows Nobody knows her, and in in my book, it would have been so much cooler if Nelson Mandela said it. But he didn't. Marianne Williams said it, and um, according to Google, she's an American writer and politician. She's going to be running for the presidential election in the year 2024. So, you know, she has my vote just based on this quote that she, she was able to come up with. So, I'll be voting for her. All right. So the quote, the quote is this, and when he made her read it, it, it blew me away. I was like, oh, wow, yes, yes, and yes. Holla- I think I might have stood up and gave a hallelujah. All right, without further ado, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Sheesh. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frighten, frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? I'm going to read that again because I love it. It's fire. You know what? I see the words with my eyes. I hear it within my brain, I speak it, and then I hear it again. And it's power. So once again, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that frightens frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? So let's break down this quote. 
The first sentence, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. I guess, you know, some people, they don't have the, the skills. They say, hey, you know what? I don't have any skills. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And on the surface level, that can be something fearful. Hey, like, I'm going to have to spend some time learning this. I have all these distractions. I have all these parties. I have all these, these things that call to me. So I'm going to tend to those because those are going to give me some instant gratification. Those distractions, those, um, those things that are calling to me right now. I'm going to tend to them because those are going to give me the dopamine hits right now, even though they are shallow and superficial. Second sentence is, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Now, when we try to wrestle with some of the seeds of greatness, greatness that we have within us, that's terrifying. Because we know that we have seeds of greatness within us. But it's going to take some work to tend to those seeds, to water those seeds, to feed them, to nourish them. We're going to need some tools to help manifest those things, to help them grow. We're going to need to step out of what we know. We're going to need to step out of our comfort zone. We're going to need to put one foot in the known and one foot in the unknown one foot into chaos because chaos is something that is unknown appears random and it appears to be it is formless chaos is you know that was that was my word of the year chaos and chaos is unpredictable it is it's formless it, it, it's random So when we attempt to water those seeds of greatness within us, we step out from what we know into what we don't know. And when we go along that journey, the unknown incrementally starts to become the known all the way to proficiency, all the way to automation, and all the way to mastery. But all that takes time. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frighten, frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? So when you ask yourself, according to this quote, who am I to be brilliant, we start to fall into something called imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome is something where you look at your skills and your gifts and the things that you create and you dumb them down. You feel anxious about the stuff that you are capable of creating. Let's say you're a painter and you have this magnificent piece of artwork that you have just created. But then you ask yourself, man, who am I? Who am am I to showcase this? Who am I to let people know that, hey, this is for sale? And you know what? Even if I do have the courage to put a piece of artwork that I created up for sale, I'm not going to ask for what I think it's worth. I'm going to 
I'm going to put some lowball price on it because who am I? Who am I to be brilliant? Who am I to paint this gorgeous piece of art? Because after all, I'm just a regular person. My talents are not of that that would be a, a Picasso. But you know what? We already have Picasso. We need you to create your work. We need you to show up and exhibit your greatness, your inner light. We need to see the greatnesses that reside within you because we don't need another of anyone else. That's already been done. Everything else is tired. Everything else has already been seen, done, but because you are the person who you are, there has been literally no one else like you. With the experiences that you have experienced, the journey that you have been on, out of all the people of all the world that have ever existed, your parents created you, and you have traversed throughout your journey being influenced and pushed and pulled in this direction and that direction, and you have been created with certain special gifts that are inherent only to you. And for you to dumb those down and not realize that, that is a damn shame. And sticking on that same sentence to that quote, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? And then the quote ends with, actually, who are you not to be? So come on, let's rise up. Let's continue to, one, accept who we are, how we are, Let's accept our shortcomings, our inadequacies. Let's love on ourselves. Let's appreciate appreciate all the things that we have. But let's continually strive to better ourselves. And to end this episode with a quote from Seneca. As long as we live, let us continually learn how to live. Inspiration can be found everywhere when you're looking for it. I did not expect to be moved or have this little girl speaking to me. Yeah, it was a movie. But in reality, this quote is really powerful. So until next time, keep looking for inspiration everywhere. You never know where it's going to come from. You never know when inspiration is just going to slap you in the face. Or just be something that is, hey, laying on the ground, inconspicuous, just looking for looking for the inspiration that that little thing of which you see inspires you. So keep looking to become in, inspired. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward. <laughs>